interrupting the regular flow of the copy room conversations with a short season to help us ease back into the thinking and doing of work. Every August on CRC, there will be a bonus season about a book I hope you'll read. In that bonus season, the podcast will include some segments from the book, as well as some solo episodes about the themes of that book. This August, the short season is about my book, Nothing's Missing, a year of reckoning, release, and remembering who I am. Come September, we'll be back with season four of Copy Room Conversations, dedicated to the notion of letting go of imperfection and normalizing joy. Not coincidentally, two of the main themes from Nothing's Missing. Each episode will begin with a quote by a teacher I love who served as an early reader for my book. This episode, Set Your Intention, has a quote brought to us by Tessa Yeager. Tessa is someone I met on a trip when I was working with Stanford University in partnership with the Center for Latin American Studies. We took a group of 20 teachers to Mexico City to study the Mexican Revolution. It was an extraordinary trip for many reasons, one of which includes the fact that I made a friend, Tessa. Tessa says, As someone who is also a recovering perfectionist, Nicole's powerful memoir really knocked me over when she articulated this statement. In short, should is a real asshole. In releasing herself from the power of should, she also released something in me. What would it mean to be free from should and instead focus on the potential of now? That may just be what freedom is. chapter for Set Your Intention starts with a quote by Dr. Maya Angelou. Ask for what you want and then be prepared to get it. This story is about our dog, Mario. We had just rescued him and he was bringing a lot more rescue to me than I had to him. After having Mario for a few months, we had developed a rhythm together, walking twice a day, about three miles each time. While Officer Sharon told me he was about three years old, the vet thinks he's actually closer to one. The more comfortable he's gotten at home, the more puppy has been revealing himself. I like my shoes, and my headphones, and my glasses. Turns out he does too, most of all how they feel in his mouth after he's chewed through them. And so we walk a lot, Mario and I to try to help him put that energy to a less destructive use. Recently, I've tried to take different routes. I tend to be a find the route you like and stick with it kind of girl, in life and in dog walking. So recently, I thought I would push out of my box a little bit and try to discover some new ways around the neighborhood. I found some amazing places on my dog walking travels, beautiful still lagoons with families of ducks, pairs of loons, and solitary egrets. I even happened upon the most unusual creature who looks as if he's a combination of chicken and duck, whom I now affectionately call Chuck when I pass him on the path. I have also had the pleasure of identifying patterns that some of the ocean birds follow. When the tide is low, for example, an enormous flock of pelicans comes to feast. When the tide is high, seagulls come calling, diving in and out of the water, seeming only to mew at one another as if they were shouting a series of expletives. 
It's been a peaceful time for me, and with the exception of the foul-mouthed seagulls, a quiet place for me to gather my thoughts at the beginning and end of each day. While pleased with my mix of path options, I realized something yesterday. No matter where I go when I walk Mario, I always take the concrete path. My shoes are new. The concrete path ensures they'd stay clean. The concrete path is smooth. No unexpected bumps or jagged edges to surprise me or trip me up. On the concrete path, I can look forward, know what's ahead, feel secure in where I'm going and how I'm getting there. I know the people on the concrete paths, politely nodding their heads good morning or good evening to me as I pass. The concrete path is stable, structured, and well understood. Yesterday was a pretty typical Bay Area summer morning, cold, foggy, and misty. The wind was whipping and I was freezing. Why do I always anticipate a warmer situation that what I know will inevitably await? It's summer. It should be warm. And in the Bay Area, where I've lived my entire life, I know summer mornings are never warm. What should be versus what is. I hate shoulds, but I always seem to pick them for my team. Normally under these conditions, I would head for one of the lagoons where the paths are protected, some even by a canopy of trees that provides extra shelter from the cold. As I moved toward the lagoon, I felt the leash tug the other way, as Mario had a different plan. He had caught a glimpse of a squirrel in the other direction and raced after it, dragging me behind. Once I got a handle on him and myself, I realized that maybe the cold was okay. I'll walk fast, I thought, and the cool air may clear my head. Walking down the concrete path near the shoreline, I scanned to the right to see if I could see the city. No use. It's too foggy. On my skin back, however, I noticed something. The concrete path was something like 30 feet from the water. What was I doing so far away from something so beautiful? I made an uncharacteristically impulsive decision. New shoes be damned. I headed for the dirt path that ran directly by the shore. The dirt path is the opposite of the concrete path. Its sides meander rather than follow a smooth line. The ground is uneven, covered with rocks jutting up from nowhere, holes that are home to ground squirrels, weeds with mossy spider legs found in random clusters and clumps. At high tide, you could reach out and touch the water from the dirt path. At low tide, the algae-covered rocks, usually hidden by the glorious San Francisco Bay, are exposed, showing the not-so-pretty underbelly of what resides just under the surface. Because the dirt path is so close to the water, the wind is stronger and the cold is colder. Walking on the dirt path is unpredictable. I can't look ahead for fear of falling on my face. I can look out at the water and the world around me sometimes, but mostly I must concentrate on the path below me. It forces me to pay attention to exactly where I am, clear and conscious of the present step, instead of focused on the future. The dirt path allows me to take in my surroundings with senses other than my eyes. I can feel it, smell it, taste it, hear it. In fact, it comes to me in ways I never knew were there. Although a more exhilarating walk, I wasn't sure I'd walk that dirt path again anytime soon. By the time we got home, I was dirty, the dog was dirty, the squirrels that had been popping in and out of their holes left me feeling kind of freaked out, especially given Mario's unrelenting prey drive that meant at any time I might see my arm dangling behind him as he ran after one of those squirrels, having been pulled clean out of the socket. I got up this morning. I realized I needed that path after all. In an attempt to stabilize the precariousness of my youth, I created an adulthood marked exclusively by structure and forward motion. Graduate from high school, go to college, 
start a career at 22, get married at 25, have a baby at 30, have a second baby at 33. It was a plan I made as a teenager and followed as an adult as if my life depended on it. Now, though, now I long for a path that will show me how to walk unhindered by the compulsion that leads me to the never attainable place called perfection. A place that has me living in the future. A place that robs me of my present. So I will walk the dirt path again today, not because I know my surroundings, but because I trust myself. What I don't know about myself cannot be found on the steady, trustworthy, concrete path. I must push to the dirt path, because only out of a mess can true understanding be born. Only on the dirt path will I learn about the things that will make me strong, learning how to navigate challenges instead of avoiding them, so I don't have to fear the unknown anymore. I must face that path and do so with courage, knowing that life itself is dirty and bumpy and unpredictable. Some days I will need the concrete path, and that's okay. Some days I will feel nervous, and only my dog will give me the courage I need to move to the dirt path, and that's okay too. Over time, those fears will quiet, and I will forge ahead. Head held high, squirrels be damned. Until that day, I'll just be sure I take my dog. Thank you for listening to Season 3, with episodes released on Sundays and Wednesdays in August, each one dedicated to a different chapter in the book, Nothing's Missing. Come September, we'll be back with Season 4 of Copy Room Conversations, dedicated to the notion of letting go of imperfection and normalizing joy. Not coincidentally, two of the main themes of Nothing's Missing. If you're interested in purchasing a copy of Nothing's Missing, you can get it anywhere you buy your paperbacks, ebooks, and audiobooks. 15% of all net profits I earn from these books and other speaking engagements and workshops is donated to Together Rising, an organization dedicated to women and families that uses local resources and knowledge to drive decisions that serve others. Learn more at togetherrising.com. To learn more about my work, please visit nicoleluciani.com.